the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. This great nation will endure as it has endured. Let me assert my firm belief that the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. You are about to embark upon the great crusade toward which we have striven these many months. The eyes of the world are upon you. The hopes and prayers of liberty-loving people everywhere march with you. We're not, as some would have us believe, doomed to an inevitable decline. I do not believe in a fate that will fall on us no matter what we do. I do believe in a fate that will fall on us if we do nothing. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. My country tears me. Sweet land of liberty of the Arsene. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is Always Right Radio on AM 1420, The Answer. Here's your host, Bob France. Yes, indeed, and a good morning to you. Thanks so much for being here. It is eight minutes after the hour of nine o'clock, and we are rocking and or rolling on AM 1420, The Answer. Yes, already at the top of the hour, at the top of the show. It's a big day. It's an important day because it's a day that we must fight for our freedom and what was, and maybe, maybe with a little bit of good fortune and the blessings of God, will be a free nation once again. It is the sixth morning of the ninth month in the year of our Lord, 2023, and we are on our way back to tyranny. There is just no other way to look at it now. Every day brings us more organizations um, stripping Americans of their rights to breathe free air, stripping of their Americans the rights to gather with whom and as close to uh, one another as they wish, stripping children of their rights to go to school, unencumbered by ridiculous, useless fear masks. Um, And the shots, of course, are on their way. We We are literally teetering on the precipice once again. You thought, hey, you know what? We did it. We survived the COVID tyranny. We survived lockdowns. We survived closing of businesses. 
We survived taking of people's jobs. We survived keeping people out of schools, not allowing them on campuses. We survived people not being able to die in the arms of their loved ones. People not being allowed to visit their own loved ones in hospitals. We survived all of the tyranny and the complete revocation of the freedom that was gifted to us by our founding fathers, and most importantly by God, given gifted to us by God, but codified by our founding fathers. We survived all of those things, and now here we are again, and they're coming back for more. They're coming back to take more of your liberties away. And I'm just simply blown away. I'm also at least lightly encouraged by the leadership of some. The leadership of some in our government that recognize that tyranny is indeed on the way. I am slightly encouraged or lightly encouraged uh, by the efforts of people like J.D. Vance, Senator J.D. Vance, who is proposing new legislation from his seat in the Senate um, that would stop federal mask mandates. That's a great thing. It is also not necessarily the end of the fight. First of all, it would have to get through the Democrats. Not going to happen. Second of all, even if it did, it would stop federal mask mandates only. It would not stop organizations or localities or states or county board, boards of health or health directors from imposing mask mandates on their own. So it is very, very little, but it is very, very appreciated. Senator J.D. Vance is working very, very hard from the standpoint that he can. We need much, much more than that. But my friends, I mean this very literally when I say it. It's not hyperbolic. It's not for uh, or you know melodrama. I, I want you to understand that our liberties are really quite literally in jeopardy right now. We've got a lot of things to talk about as it pertains to this today. Coming up. In an hour on a program, we're going to talk to uh, Senate candidate Bernie Moreno. Now, we're, we were ostensibly going to be talking about um, illegal immigration because he is shining a white-hot spotlight on what's going on in New York as millions and millions and millions and millions of your tax dollars and mine are going to house illegal aliens in a luxury hotel to the tune of, of $6,000 per month per family in 1025 uh, hotel rooms. That's before, before food is provided, along with housekeeping services and, and medical care and so on and so forth. Worst part, as Bernie pointed out uh, on a viral Twitter uh, a feed, is that the funds that are going to the hotel are going to the Pakistani government because the Pakistani government owns the hotel, or at least Pakistanis uh, own the hotel, and uh, they are sending that money to the Pakistani government. It's a remarkable story. But we're going to talk to him about that. Like I said, that's what he uh, went viral for over the course of the last couple of days. But we're also going to talk to him about the, the revocation of our liberties. They are trying to revoke that which makes us Americans, which makes us free, and we are going to have to figure out what we're going to do. As a matter of fact, I'm going to ask that question very directly to you and ask you to dial 216-901-0945 when the time strikes, uh, or when the feeling strikes you and when the time is right. <clears throat> and I'm going to ask you, what are you prepared to do? So many of the mandates that we 
had to survive during the first go-round of the uh, China virus, so many of them um, pretty much left us without a choice. They were mandates that said, you don't have to take it, but if you don't take it, you can't work here anymore. So it's a mandate if you want to continue to, to, to earn money and, and live and survive. Um, you don't have to take the shot, but you can't get on this airplane if you don't. You don't have to take the shot, but you can't go to the school if you don't. You don't have to put take the shot or wear a mask, uh, but if you don't, you can't come into these businesses. Whether you have a shot or not, and whether you have a mask or not, you can't come into this church setting and worship. It's, it's, it's an astounding thing. The mandates were mandatory for everyone with the threat of losing something that you used to have. So they, they like to say, oh, we didn't mandate it. Well, federal employees had to do it or lose their jobs. Even private employees for companies that had business of any kind whatsoever with the federal government then were also swept up into it. Take it or you lose your job. Oh, sure, you have freedom. You have a choice. Just that you won't be able to provide for your family. You will no longer have gainful employment um, if you didn't do this. So I bring this up, of course, for obvious reasons. On Tuesday, yesterday, public health commentator, in other words, a TV doctor named Vin Gupta, went on to MSNBC and told the interviewer on MSNBC who needs to get lined up for the new COVID booster, which can only be called a booster in the loosest sense of the word because they're claiming it's a very different shot that has been formulated specifically for the new subvariant of COVID that they expect to sweep the world coming up in this fall and winter season. So this new shot they're still calling a booster that they want to jam into the arms of American citizens. Um... This new shot is going to be apparently very, very widely promoted and pushed. How wide? Well, let's just let Dr. Gupta answer that question for you. This is yesterday on MSNBC. Real quick, if you will. Oops. One more time. Real quick, if you will. Who needs to get a booster and when? So all of us need boosters. Um, so at six months of age and up, uh, we're going to have boosters by the end of this month, hopefully. And those will protect, we believe, very strongly against these new versions of the virus. Real quick, if you will, who needs to get a booster and when? So all of us need boosters. Um, so at six months of age and up, uh, we're going to have boosters by the end of this month, hopefully. And those will protect, we believe, very strongly against these new versions of the virus. Did you, did you hear all that? All of us, whether you were jabbed once or twice or thrice or four times or five, you need one. If you never took any jabs whatsoever, you need one. If you weren't even alive during COVID the last time around, you're an infant. You need one. Six months of age and up, he said. So all of us need boosters. Um, so at six months of age and up. So all of us need boosters. Um, so at six months of age and up. So all of us need boosters. Um, so at six months of age and up. I want that to sink in for you. 
I want you to understand exactly what we are talking about. We are talking about mandating, potentially, shots in the arms of infants, of toddlers, of young children, of pre-adolescent children, of adolescents, teenagers, young adults. In other words, the segments of the population that are the very least impacted by anything having to do with the Chinese virus. They want this in the arms of every American six months of age or older. We're going to have these boosters by the end of this month. In other words, they're not ready. And why are they not ready? Because this new subvariant was only very recently identified. And if the subvariant was only very recently identified, then they had a very, very short period of time to do what? To tinker with the RNA shots that they want to put into the arms of everybody to specifically deal with that subvariant. Which means what? Which means they haven't tested it. Again. They want everybody to put this dart in your arm and into your family's arms, into your children's arms, into your loved one's arms. They want you to do this even though it has not been tested and undergone the necessary length of time in human trials to find out what the short and or long-term impact of these shots will be. Somebody make that make sense to me. And if you're a parent, and you're nodding along with Dr. S- Dr. Gupta and saying, yes, doctor, I will get the shots in my new baby's arms and legs. Yes, doctor, we will follow obediently and listen to our betters. Then, my friend, I am sorry to tell you, you have no business being a parent. If you listen to the orders of a monster like this guy going on TV to tell millions of people that everyone needs this booster that has not been tested. Everyone needs, and again, use the word booster very loosely because they're saying this is new, this is a new variant, therefore the booster is not really a booster, it is a different type of shot. And they have no idea. He went on to say that the virus will continue to change. It'll continue to change, which means they'll have to continually change the shots, the components, the ingredients. And again, we will have no earthly idea what the long-term effects of these shots will be. This is remarkable. I go back to a conversation I had with Dr. Robert Malone last week. Dr. Malone, of course, is the co-inventor of the RNA technology that led to the mRNA shots, shots that he believed would actually be helpful, shots that he willingly rolled up his own arm to take, two shots that nearly killed him, which is why he said he will in no way ever take one of the boosters. When asked, he said, because I don't want to die, because he knows that's what's going to happen. He told the truth at the International COVID Summit 3 just three months ago. 
This was held at the European Parliament in Brussels. So now it's been more like four months ago. It was in, it was in May. Uh, it's almost five months ago. It was in May. But at the International COVID Summit, at the end of it all, Dr. Malone took to the microphone to give a summary of what they learned and what was shared at this International COVID Summit. And it's striking. I would like to, in particular, emphasize one of the key findings that ran all the way through the presentations, which is that, in fact, there are people who are vaccine injured. This is something that has been suppressed by um, all channels of, uh, forgive me, corporate media and governments, that there are these individuals who are, in fact, vaccine damaged, and they have not been allowed to speak. They have uh, had their experiences suppressed. They have been uh, demeaned. They have been gaslit, and they are damaged. And uh, they are damaged in large part consequent to the uh, rush of this uh, product without adequate testing. This was also very well demonstrated during the meeting yesterday that the regulatory affairs uh, rules and regulations that have guided the European medicines agencies and the FDA and agencies all over the world have been very actively uh, bypassed. And unfortunately, there have been consequences. That what we learn is that the wisdom of having these norms and practices to ensure the safety and effectiveness of products before they're deployed into humans have good reason to be used, uh, that they do provide benefit to the population and to uh, humanity by ensuring that the activities of the pharmaceutical industry, whether well-intentioned or uh, otherwise, in other words, profit-motivated. Um, are properly controlled to ensure the safety and effectiveness of the products in the population. And I now ask... Safety and effectiveness. To ensure the safety and effectiveness of the products on the population. Remember, that's all the CDC would tell you. And that's all the FDA would tell you. It's all that the big pharmaceutical companies would tell you. It's what every commercial sponsored and paid for by the government told you, that these shots are safe and effective. And Dr. Malone and so many others are here to tell you the truth. No, they weren't. They were neither safe nor effective for extraordinary large numbers of people. For uh, Europe and the European Parliament to please consider that these individuals who have been subjected to so much, they've not only been damaged by the mandated products and the uh, vaccine passport requirements, etc., in order to just engage in their daily activities, to be employed, etc., or in lieu of, of not not being vaccinated, they've they've lost their jobs, they've lost their livelihoods. Uh, we and this is what they're bringing back. We'll break it there, and this is what they are bringing back. And that's only part of it. That's all. It's the biggest part of it, but that's only part of it. I'll tell you the other part coming up. I want your reactions, and I want to know what you are prepared to do. I I. I hear from and I read and I and I watch videos of of a lot of heroes, people who refused to put their life and their families' lives in jeopardy by adhering to these quote unquote mandates and who lost their jobs as a result. 
and they're doing something totally different now. And it doesn't make them happy, and they're making less money, but they had to do what was right for themselves and their family. What are you prepared to do this time around? You prepared to stand up to the COVID tyranny? Are you prepared to stand up to the shot tyranny? Are you prepared to stand up to the mask tyranny? Are you prepared to stand up to the governmental tyranny? Because it is staring us right in the face. 926, this is Always Right Radio. We'll be back on AM 1420, The Answer. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Always Right Radio with Bob Franz on The Answer. Okay, 934, thanks for being with us on AM 1420, The Answer. We're trying to figure out what we're going to do. What are you going to do um, now that they want to continue to jam these things into your arms, the new versions, the new variants, without any sort of uh, uh, information about short or long-term effects, just like with the originals? We're starting to get a little bit more information about the effects of the originals because, well, more time has gone by. You know, almost three years since the first jab started to be uh, put into arms, and now we're starting to see some of the long-term effects, and many of them are devastating. Heart conditions, myocarditis, pericarditis, blood clots, uh, lung problems, strokes, uh, sudden collapses. Um, uh, it, it, the, the, the number of things that we have seen are, are, well, Dr. Malone talked about them. I mean, we are talking about hundreds of thousands of deaths that took place literally within day zero, day one, day two, and day three of taking shots. People who were not... Um, predisposed to other conditions they did not have other pre-existing conditions that uh that would have led to them you know being ready to die in a couple of days it was the shot that was the x factor we have millions who have suffered vaccine injuries as reported by the vera system and other medical professionals who are not afraid of being canceled and losing their jobs and now here they come with the next round telling us that everybody should get them including your babies six months of age and older, but that's just the beginning. Then there's the mask issue. It is happening, sadly, uh, ridiculously, all over the country. There are, new, um, there are new mask mandates that are starting. Here's an example. A Maryland elementary school in Montgomery County, Maryland, is now requiring their five-year-olds, their kindergartners to wear mask, masks. Staff members must wear masks. They must do this for the next 10 days. Why? Just to flatten the curve? You may return to school starting on day six if your symptoms are improving and no fever is present, they are saying, but masks must be worn from days six through 10 for you as well. All of this is in response to three Children at the school apparently having tested positive for COVID. Mind you, three people tested positive. Not hospitalized, not death, not near death. They tested positive. And as we have proven and has, as has been proven the first time around, the impact of these colds that little kids get are literally just about that, about that of a cold. They are not being hospitalized. This is not a threat to their lives. It already is a virus, the original COVID we know, with a 99.5% recovery rate. 
Yes, if you are old and you are infirm, meaning you have some pre-existing conditions, you do have some comorbidities, yes, it can be fatal for you. And for those individuals, if they want to decide, look, I'm in the advanced age range, I'm in the comorbidity department or or category, if you will, and if I figure, do I want to take my chances with the shot or with the the virus, uh, and I want to take the shot, fine. Fine, make it available under that emergency use authorization. But the idea that it would be and should be required for anybody, senior citizen, adult, youth, child, infant, that's ridiculous. But now here we go with the masks. According to this particular school in in Montgomery County, Maryland, uh, three kids tested positive for COVID, and now everybody has to wear a mask for 10 days. Watch and see what happens after day 10. If one other kid has COVID, watch and see how long or how indefinite those things are going to happen. And, of course, schools across the country have been re-implementing them. This was just one example. How about Runge Independent School District down in South Texas? They shut down last month in August. They literally shut the school down again after staff members caught COVID. Lee County School District in McGuffin County schools canceled classes in August after some kids came down with various respiratory viruses, according to the Washington Examiner. Uh, children are likely to not be seriously ill from COVID-19, according to the Mayo Clinic and others. However, kids can still give it to adults who may be in more jeopardy. Multiple school hospital districts and schools, I'm sorry, hospital districts and systems uh, around the country are bringing back mask mandates. Auburn Community Hospital in New York is the latest. UMass Memorial Health in Boston. Uh, University Hospital in Syracuse, New York. And watch and see how fast it takes, or how long it takes, or how fast it happens that your Cleveland Clinic or University Hospitals here in Northeast Ohio do the exact same thing. The question becomes, what are you going to do? What are you prepared to do? I uh, I remember when we went through this the first time. If you're on hold, stay there. I'm coming right to you. But I remember when we went through this the first time, and I fought it tooth and nail. And there were only very, very certain specific instances where I allowed my, um, I don't know, my judgment to be impaired, if you will. And, and, and maybe it had to be to the point where I put those things on. At the time, my son was in his senior year of high school, playing high school football and high school basketball, um, while they allowed them to in the most ridiculous ways possible. <laughs> I'll never forget that. Every fan in the gym during, during varsity basketball had to, had to have these ridiculous things on if you wanted to watch your kid play. And they would throw you out and literally have you escorted out by police and possibly even arrested. But, but, the, but the insanity of it all, I'll never, ever, ever get this out of my head. That the kids on the court were allowed to get out there and guard one another face to face. Lean on one another. Battle with one another. Push one another. Body for position under the boards with one another. They were allowed to be all over each other. Sweating, huffing, and puffing, and panting all over one another while on the basketball court. But if you came out of the game, you had to go sit down and put on a mask. (laughs) 
I'll never forget watching my son leave the court and go sit down and just sit there and take a drink of water and, you know, mop his face and everything else. And then immediately having somebody coming over and going, put that mask on, put that mask on. You might infect somebody. And by the way, they weren't allowed to sit on the bench either. The chairs all had to be six feet apart. You remember these nonsensible things. I, the wrestlers. You remember this? High school wrestling was allowed to go on. Two guys in the middle of the mat grappling with one another, literally face-to-face, side of their heads up against one another, gripping one another, again, panting and huffing and puffing because of the physically grueling nature of what they were doing, which means (laughs) all over one another. And at the end of the match, they were not allowed to shake hands because they couldn't touch each other because of the virus. (laughs) It was real. This is the guidance that was forced upon us then, and this is what they are bringing back right now. What are you prepared to do? What are you prepared to sacrifice? Are you willing to give up your job? Are you willing to give up seeing your kids, watching them in various events like this? I remember one of the only other times that I allowed my judgment to get the better of me. And I guess it was just a matter of you had to kind of, you know, make make very difficult choices. But um, I had a family member who had a bad fall who was hospitalized. And the only way to go in there and see him was to strap on one of those ridiculous things. And it was just blowing a hole in my lip underneath that thing because I was so livid that I had to do that. You had to do that. And now I just feel as though we have already experienced the revocation of our liberties once. I am not prepared to see them revoked again. I am not prepared. I am not willing. I don't know if there are circumstances that would force me to, again, um make decisions that are against my better judgment. I don't know. But at this moment in time, all I can think of is is every place I go, mask-free, where they are requiring said masks, I am so close to saying, simply arrest me. I'm not doing it. And if they want to arrest me and take me and book me, I'm pretty much to the point where I'm, I'm, I'm willing to say, let's do this. Let's do this. Let's go. And I'll do it again and again and again. My liberty means more. My personal liberties mean more than perhaps my physical liberty if they take that away from me, my physical freedom, and put me in a cell. I, I, that's where I am. That's where my mindset is right now today as I see these stories continue to expand. Forced jabs, forced uh, mandated uh, masks, even though we know they do absolutely nothing. All right, uh, 216-901-0945. How are you going to handle it? What are you prepared to do? Are you prepared to surrender your liberty? John and Chardon. John, go right ahead. You're on the air, sir. Yeah. Boy, they'd make some news if they arrested you and put you in jail. <laughs> they'd make the headline. Uh, you know, well, um, yeah, maybe it would for me, but, I mean, I hope, every, you know, it wouldn't. that isn't why I would do it, John, but you're right. I, I would do it just simply because I want to make a point, whether I have a public figure position like the one I'm in or not. I, I, I want everybody to say, fine, arrest me. 
Let's see what they do. And by the way, let's see if they throw two people together in the same cell who don't have masks on. <laughs> Uh, or five people, or 15 people, or 20 people. I mean, you know what I mean? I, I just yeah. feel like there is going to be a time where we are going to have to stand up for ourselves because tyranny is is at our doorstep. And we either yeah. open the door and sure. let it in or we keep it out. Go ahead. Yeah. It would be interesting to know, Bob, whether or not they've uh, these people, these athletes that have collapsed on the field of play, such as Denar Hamlin of the safety for the Buffalo Bills yeah. and LeBron James' son, It'd be interesting to see you know whether or not these people took the jab at some point in the past. You know? Well, they did. I mean, they did. I mean, LeBron James oh. made an announcement uh, at uh, back in twenty one or whatever it was that me and my family, you know, are all are all vaccinated and uh, you know, setting a good example. Blah blah blah. But Bronny James, his uh, his eighteen year old, perfectly healthy Division one basketball star son. Uh, they decided about a week ago that he had a congenital heart defect. Uh, and mm. that was what it caused his heart attack at the age of 18, that it's rare, but it's there, and it's something that can be uh, treated. Now, that's what they said publicly, and, I, you know, John, I, I, I'm, I'm hesitant to be that guy to say I call BS, but there is a significant part of me that calls BS, because if Bronny James collapsed because he he had a heart uh, uh, condition uh, impacted by that shot, and LeBron James being who he is, if that ever got out, even more than DeMar Hamlin, the, the safety you mentioned, if, if that got out that LeBron James' healthy basketball star son collapsed and it was related to the jab, that would make millions and millions and millions and millions of people who look to celebrities like LeBron James for guidance uh, all say, I'm not taking any jabs. And that is yeah. not something they were prepared to allow to hap- have. Uh, they were they would allow to have happen, uh, which is why they came up with the. In my opinion, why they came up with the. Oh, it's a congenital heart defect. It's rare, but it happens, and uh, it's it's curable, yeah. and he'll be okay. I just don't. Care. Yeah, you know our uh, our brother-in-law. He he used to brag about how he's all up to date on his shots. Well, he's no longer with us. He's he's gone. You know. Oh. So, well, I'm sorry yeah. to hear that. I'm sorry to hear yeah. that. And, and you know, and, and, and the response and what's so – and, John, thank you for the call, my friend. God bless you. Um, the, the, the response from the, the, the pro-DART people uh, are that, you know, even if you did have a bunch of people die because of the shots, the uh, more people died because of COVID, and if they had gotten the shots, they wouldn't have died. And, and, and the, the lunacy of that argument uh, is off the charts First of all, you have no earthly idea if they got the shots, if they would have had the same adverse events that, as other people who died and who had heart conditions and blood clots and strokes and ended up dying. And all of the numbers about dying with COVID as opposed to dying from COVID is, is, is the X factor. And again, Dr. Malone and so many others have gone to great lengths to detail the number of people who died with COVID as opposed to uh, from COVID. So the numbers that they throw out there, millions of people dying from COVID, are just so much bunk because that's what they had to use to fearmonger and scare the people into compliance. And make no mistake, this is about compliance. This is the T-shirt that I had made two years ago uh, when I said they don't really believe in science. It's all about compliance uh, because they're trying to say science says this will th- these are safe and effective. And 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 sure enough. You know, we who were called conspiracy theorists when we said, no, they're not safe nor effective, you know, turned out that we were not conspiracy theorists. We were simply spoiler alerts telling you, and, sh- and we were right. 
because within two years they were forced to say, okay, these uh, these uh, shots they don't prevent inoculation or excuse me uh, infection. They do not inoculate you from infection, but they will lessen your symptoms. They had to change their entire argument, their entire narrative about what it really did. And so for me, um, I, I, I look back at all of those things, and I don't trust one single thing that the government is telling us. And for them to try to even consider mandating this once again, going through this all over again, I, again, I'm willing to take larger, more defined and strong steps to secure my fr- my freedom. And if that means, ironically, surrendering my freedom in order to secure my freedom and our freedom, uh, that may very well be what I have to do, because I will not put one of those things back on my face again, especially when we know that the massive studies that were done on community spread of COVID-19 on mask-wearing populations versus non-mask-wearing populations prove the masks make no difference whatsoever. I will not sacrifice my freedom. I'm sorry. TJ, uh, next. Hi, TJ. Go ahead. Yeah, you know, Bob, I'm in, a, I guess, a high-risk category. I'm, I'm elderly. I smoke. I could probably stand to lose a couple pounds. I've never had a COVID shot. I've never even had a flu shot. I can honestly say I have never had the flu, and I've never had the COVID. Now, I know you can only buck the odds for so long, and eventually the house always wins. I realize that. Yeah. But, you know, I've never trusted this medical industry. You know, in Vietnam, they gave us these... Uh, malaria tablets that were supposed to prevent you from catching malaria. And I can honestly say out in the boonies, many of us wouldn't take the tablets because we thought catching malaria was a lot safer than having to survive out in the boonies. You'd get out of the the field for two or three weeks and you're probably going to survive anyways. Well, the last couple months in country, I got reassigned to a rear area security, you know, a, a job. And now I'm thinking, well, I don't want to catch malaria. Now I started taking their malaria pills. Lo and behold, I come down with malaria. And, th- and then it even got better. I was admitted into an aid station, and I was, you know, pretty sick. I mean, you know, high temperature. Mm-hmm. I remember waking up that evening, and I'm laying there, and this doctor and these two nurses are standing over me, and the doctor goes, son, how do you feel? I says, I feel pretty good, but I'm really cold. He says, I've never seen nothing like this. He says, you come in here with 104 fever, he says, and now it's like 97. I never, we never seen a fever break that much. So now they're giving me quinine pills, you know, uh, to treat the malaria. The first pill I took, it made me sick to my stomach. I was hungry. I wanted to eat. I quit taking their quinine pills. I recovered from malaria quicker without any of their medicine and stuff than I ever did the common cold. So I haven't trusted the medical industry, like I said, for a long, long time. Yeah, you're you're, you're not wrong. Uh, your experience, and thank you, TJ, for sharing the story. And your experiences are uh, are interesting, and sadly, they're. I don't think they're that unique. I mean, it may be with the malaria part, uh, but as far as the comparative that you just did, yeah, um, there are a lot of people who have never taken it taking the shots, and they've never gotten COVID, but you're right, eventually you're going to get it. And for so many, what doctors who actually are, 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 are uh, willing to ri- who are willing to risk their own careers and their own reputations to tell the truth, what they are saying is that if you have not yet had COVID and you take that shot and then you get COVID, you are going to be in far, 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 far worse condition than you would be otherwise. 
People who take the shots and then get COVID are far worse off than those who have never taken the shot and eventually get COVID. So you'll eventually get it. And by the way, you know, talking about quinine, well, the, the comparative here would be to go to ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine and the things like that. Uh, we, we need to continue to shine a light on the reality of those things. Now that the first go round has passed and the lies that they told about hydroxy being dangerous for you and ivermectin being a horse, uh, um, um, uh, horse pills, uh, you know, uh, I can't remember what exactly they're called. Horse, uh, what did they do to horses? I can't. Dewormer, thank you, Seth. Horse dewormers. Uh, those actually do work, particularly if they're used early on. And I'm going to tell you one other thing here before I take a time out. Uh, thank you for that, too, Seth. Seth just reminded me we have not yet pledged, and we need to do that now, maybe maybe more than ever. But But I'll pledge after I do this. I'm going to tell you something that's 100% true on God. I will tell you this. I got COVID in October of 2020. We are now one month from October of 2023. Right after I got COVID, and I had COVID pneumonia, actually. I just couldn't stop coughing. You know what they treated it with? You know what I got? You know what my big you know, uh, 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 revelation was? Tussin. Tussin. Because as soon as I stopped my cough, I could take deep breaths again, and my lungs cleared out. I just couldn't get breath because I was constantly coughing. Every time I tried to breathe in really deeply, I would cough, and that's the reason I ended up having to go in. So I had COVID pneumonia. Uh, it lasted, I don't know, a few days, whatever. Right then, I called Dr. Tenpenny, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, and I said, what should I do? She gave me, once I because I had just recovered from it, she gave me a regimen of things that a lot of people already know, a regimen of, 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 uh, of vitamins and probiotics and things uh, to take. She said, this will boost your immune system. First of all, now that you have had COVID, you are going to build massive amounts of antibodies, and she was right. I did antibodies testing for the next year or so, and I, my antibodies were through the roof. My immune system was spiked. But she said, take these, and your immune system will be even stronger. So I started taking this regimen of vitamins. And I can honestly tell you on God, since October of 2023, when I had COVID, to now September, I'm sorry, October of 2020, when I had COVID, to now September of 2023, I have not been sick since. Not one missed day of work because I'm sick. I've had miss you, you know, I've had guest hosts on when I'm traveling or doing other things. No sick days, no fevers, no, no nausea, no, no, you know, stomach viruses, no anything. For three years, I have not had as much as a cold. And so the notion that I need to put one of these jabs that this, this Gupta clown who is probably on the payroll of the, uh, of the big pharmaceutical companies trying to uh, continue to profit off of all of us and off of all our to tell us everyone needs a booster. Everyone from six months of age and up needs a booster. All I need is my vitamin regimen of vitamin C, asorbate, vitamin D3, quercetin, um, uh, bu- 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 what am I missing? Uh, oh, and uh, zinc. All I need is my regular dosage every single day that I've taken for the last three years, and I've never even so much as had a freaking head cold. Um, that's all I need. Keep your poison darts to yourself, Sanjay Gupta, or, or whatever, whichever Gupta this is. Um, I'm not playing. I'm not participating. 
It's 9.57, and I know we're way off the clock here, but let's do our Pledge of Allegiance. Patriots, stand and face your flag. If you believe in what Gupta tells you, that you must roll up your arm, or roll up your sleeve, I should say, and take that dart in your arm, then you don't believe in your own liberty, so you don't have to pledge your allegiance to that flag. For the rest of us, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Uh, we're going to take this to the news. We're going to have Bernie Marino on the other side. Stay here on Always Right Radio. You and I have a rendezvous with destiny. We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. Darkness. This is Always Right Radio on AM 1420. The answer is your host, Bob France. All righty then, hour number two is underway on AM 1420. The answer, thanks for being with us. It is a Wednesday, the sixth morning of the ninth month in the year of our Lord, 2023. And as I said at the top of the show, uh, tyranny has returned. And the question is, is what will we do? Uh, with respect to um, restoring or avoiding the revocation of our liberty, uh, and of course it is uh, it is it is now uh, is it going to be an annual? I wonder is this just going to be what we do every year during COVID season, the way they've done with flu season? But of course with flu season it's just been pushing the shot, which is fine. It's your choice. It's never been mandated. But um, as it pertains to COVID, are, is this going to be masking and jabbing season every single year? Is that what their, their, their plans are going to be for us? I don't know. All I do know is that I'm done, and I am choosing not to participate. I am choosing to embrace my freedom and my liberty, and I hope you are going to do the same thing. We're going to talk to uh, Bernie Moreno about that momentarily, I hope. Um, it looks like he is ready to go, but I cannot confirm that. Uh, it, Okay, he's getting on hold right now. Good. Okay, because I want to ask him about this before we talk about the other thing that I was actually bringing Bernie Moreno on to talk about today, which is a viral video that he recorded that has been viewed uh, over a million, 1.8 million times about illegal immigration in New York City. But uh, I want to get his thoughts on on this as well. And I'm told Bernie Moreno is now available. Bernie is uh, a Senate candidate. Obviously, he's uh, battling with Matt Dolan and Frank LaRose for the uh, opportunity to go out and move Sherrod Brown out of Washington, D.C. for the first time in about 20 years, which is exactly what needs to happen. Bernie, thanks for the time this morning. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. So we had a nice conversation about a lot of this stuff last night on our podcast, Talking Smack with, uh, with I'm sorry, we used to call it Talking Smack. Now it's Run It Back with Bob and Jack. But um, I, I want to pivot a little, Bernie, away from the immigration at the start of our conversation. We'll come back to that. Just to get your thoughts on what we heard from uh, uh, Dr. Vin Gupta on MSNBC yesterday, uh, uh, in which he declared that everybody in America six months of age and up needs to get this new booster. Listen, Real quick, if you will, who needs to get a booster and when? So all of us need boosters. Um, so at six months of age and up, uh, we're going to have boosters by the end of this month, hopefully. And those will protect, we believe, very strongly against these new versions of the virus. 
Now, that's a TV doctor, but he is echoing the same thing we're getting from the White House. The press secretary has said repeatedly that uh, uh, President Biden is going to strongly push boosters on everybody. Uh, and then we add that to the number of individual uh, organizations and institutions uh, and networks. And I'm talking about medical networks. I'm talking about school districts. I'm talking about places of employment that have all returned to mask mandates. Bernie Marino uh, as a Senate candidate, how will you approach this attempted theft of our liberty for the second time? Well, Bob, we can absolutely not comply. Uh, we cannot comply with these rules. This, this is a total affront. Uh, you know, it's election season. That's how you know there's a big election coming next year. Uh, there, you know, as they say, uh, we've seen this movie. Uh, this time around, though, we have to be. We have to stay strong. Understand that uh, government works for us, not the other way around. J.D. Vance has shown the way. Uh, the Republicans in the Congress need to be on the offense. They need to write legislation now, which J.D. has done, to make, make it clear that no government institution, no private company, no school can force mask mandates or vaccine mandates on any American, period, hard stop. As you know, Bob, this is what triggered me to run for office in the first place, is, uh, is this uh, ridiculousness that we saw during covid we can never, ever go back to, to anything like this. Uh, it is a power grab. It's about control. We just can't let them do it. Bernie, what, what are you willing to do about it? Um, and what I mean by that is, on a personal level, in addition to perhaps a legislative level, I mean, you mentioned J.D. Vance. I brought him up earlier as well, and I love what he is doing. Sadly, however, even if it were successful, you know, his proposed legislation coming from the Senate to uh, stop any federal mask mandates, that would only stop the federal government from mandating masks. It won't stop schools. It won't stop, you know, local uh, jurisdictions and so forth, uh, medical networks and so forth from doing this. So aside from the legislative part of this, Bernie, what will you do personally if you are required to put on a mask to go and do anything as you campaign around the state of Ohio, uh, you know, in this season uh, and, and, and perhaps next year against Sherrod Brown? Uh, what will you do? Will you comply and put it on so you can have access to the voters or will you stand on principle and keep it off? I will absolutely not comply. And I'm urging all your listeners, Bob, to not comply. Uh, this is this requires all of us together to stay strong. We cannot uh, do this. Uh, you know, if it means that we uh, we have to suffer the consequences, then we need to take this to the uh, to the mat. This is a fundamental point of what ultimately this election is about. As the Declaration of Independence clearly states, the the governments are constituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, not the other way around. And our leaders in D.C. have gotten it wrong for a long time. And it's, this is what this next wave of elections got to be about, is to fix that and correct that point of view. If it means that uh, uh, that a government is going to try to punish me for not wearing a mask or not getting a vaccine or not getting boosted, then so be it. I will absolutely not comply, and I urge that your listeners do not comply either. I'm glad to hear you say that. I've been saying the exact same thing all morning. I mean, uh, I'm not doing it again, and uh, for, not the shot thing. I never did the shot, but I'm not doing the mask thing anywhere for any reason. And if they choose to tell me I can't come in, I'm going to tell them to arrest me. If that, if you feel strongly enough about it, uh, I'm perfectly healthy. And, and if you don't want me here, uh, I'm not putting that on. You can have me arrested if you want. And I hope more and more people will be willing to do that to, to make this point. Because, Bernie, what we're talking about now, well, let me ask you rather than tell you 
it's 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 one of three things profit power or a combination of of one and two what is driving this return to mask mandates this this new new variant which by the way the new subvariant which is why they said we need the quote unquote new booster which means it's different than the other shots they've given already which means they are also untested because they're brand new they said they'll be ready by the end of september which means they're literally not tested on humans yet but they want everybody age 6 month 6 months and up to get them uh, Bernie, I mean, we're, we're, we're talking about something that's exceedingly dangerous here. And, and I feel like, um, it, it's, it's time for all of us to have a national movement that says, uh, we will not comply with people interested in power or profit or some combination thereof. Which is it? Well, it's obviously just about control. This is the instinct of a government. This is what they do. This is what governments do. This is why we have a constitution is in written the way it was, is to protect us from the tyranny of government. But all government officials ultimately have an instinct in which they feel they want to control others. Unfortunately, that's just a basic human instinct. It's why we can't send people to Washington, D.C. for an extended period of time, because you get corrupted by that much power. And the reality is this. If we all together stay strong and don't comply, they can't arrest us all, Bob. And you remember the video, it still sticks in my mind, of that mom watching a football game by herself with her, with her immediate family outside and I got remember. dragged out. Remember that? She got yep. dragged out of the stadium. We let that happen. We let that happen. We cannot ever allow something like that to happen again. If we do, then we should just rip up the Constitution and, 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 and just say goodbye to the America as we know it. I'm not prepared to do that. I know you're not. I urge your listeners, we cannot allow a sequel to this horrific thing that happened to us three years ago. Yeah, completely agree. We're talking to Bernie Moreno. If you just turned us on, Bernie Moreno, of course, is a Senate candidate. He is, uh, uh, he was a Senate, Senate candidate the first time around, uh, to, uh, replace Rob Portman, but now he is trying to oust Sherrod Brown. He's got to get through Frank LaRose and, uh, uh, Matt Dolan in order to do that. Bernie, you, you went viral. Uh, with this, I'm going to play this 45 second video that you shot in New York City that has received now over 1.8 million views and has been shared some 20, or I'm sorry, like 23, 24,000 times, reposted over 10,000 times. Uh, let's listen. Years ago, shining example of American ingenuity, American greatness. Today, this hotel is fully occupied, all 1,025 rooms completely booked, full of illegal migrant families being housed here at a cost of $6,000 per month per family. That's $75 million in taxpayer money used here at this one hotel in Midtown Manhattan. The worst part of the story, this hotel is owned by the Pakistani government. That's right, the same government that housed Osama bin Laden is now getting $75 million a year from American taxpayers to house families that are here illegally in America. You can see why this uh, drew so much attention, and you probably can see why um, some of the left-wing social media platforms did not want this to get all of the attention it is, and uh, they did something to stop you from doing that, didn't they, Bernie? Yeah, Facebook, of course, which also owns Instagram, uh, said that uh, this was disinformation. Uh, Not one word of what I said in that video is inaccurate. Every single word is accurate. But the reality is they don't want Americans to know the truth. Because if Americans knew the truth, think about that, about $6,000 a month 
the reality is most Americans don't even make that as an income, gross income, and yet we're paying that to house illegal migrant families in a hotel owned by a, a, a foreign government that hates America. That's on top of providing maid service, providing security, providing meals. That's over and above the $6,000. That's not including, included in that number. At the end of the day, it's, what we, it's the same thing that we just talked about with mask and vaccine mandates. We've got to get our government back, Bob. Our government is so far away from us at this point, we have to reclaim our government. And it's gotten there because we've sent career politicians to Washington, D.C., that quite frankly just have not looked out for the best interests of this country. They hollowed out our, hollowed out our middle class. They shipped our, our jobs overseas. They've run up insane amounts of debt. They're crushing working-class Americans. Joe Biden won't even visit East Palestine because, quite frankly, I think he hates working-class, white working-class Americans. And this is ultimately what this next election is going to be about. Do we want our government back, or do we want just more of the same old, same old? You know, Bernie, um, the numbers came in a few days ago from July, over 177,000 crossings in the month of July alone. We don't have August yet, uh, but it's starting to spike again. I have to believe that this 1,025-room historic Roosevelt Hotel is not the only hotel that's being used at taxpayer expense to house these people in New York, in Chicago, in Philadelphia, in Los Angeles, and other blue cities that Governor Greg Abbott and others have uh, bust migrants to. You know, they're screaming, oh, we're bursting at the seams. We can't take any more. We reach full capacity. Um, I, I I just wonder, that's $75 million a year for one hotel. I wonder how many more there are just like that and how bad the problem really is for the American taxpayer. Well, New York uh, publicly has said that they spent over $5 billion, with a B, already housing illegal migrants just in New York City, $5 billion. Now, you know, just as well as I do, that Eric Adams is on the phone with the Biden administration and you know that they've told him, of course, that they have his back, that they'll reimburse him. That's our money, Bob. That's our money. That's the money that we use to fund our government with our hard-earned taxpayer dollars are going to fund a government that's using it for those types of things. It's totally ridiculous. We have 35,000 homeless vets. We have about 25% of American children that go hungry every single night to bed. We have homelessness and a mental health crisis all over America. We have seniors that are struggling to pay bills. And this is the way our government is choosing to spend our taxpayer dollars. It's grotesque. And quite frankly, it, if we don't change, again, who we send there to say no more, like this is it, we're done with this way of running our country, we're never going to get this country back on track. It's going to be, we're going to hit a point of no return pretty soon. Um, Bernie, what, I asked you this last night on the podcast, too. Um, I, I didn't know um, that foreign governments owned hotels like this. I mean, I certainly know that foreign nationals can, can come in and, 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 and buy properties, and that's fine. I mean, if the Roosevelt is Pakistani-owned, that's fine, I guess. But I didn't know it was owned by the Pakistani government, specifically, as you point out in your video, the government uh, that allowed Osama bin Laden to hide for 10 years uh, you know, within their borders. Um, is that a commonality that, that foreign governments, particularly those that are not necessarily allies with the United States and, in fact, might be hostile to the United States, own such massive uh, buildings and, and properties in the United States? Oh, absolutely. And that's another area that we have to, put a, uh, we have to crack down on. Uh, you know, the Chinese are buying farmland, which uh, is a huge problem for food security all over America. 
They own our meat processing facilities, uh, which is a huge national security threat. They own land right next to our military bases. The fact that any of that is allowed is totally and completely insane. Like you said, there's a difference between a citizen of a country owning it, but when a government of a hostile, a hostile government owns building or properties in America, how do we even have government officials that allow that? that That's what I'm wondering. Sense. That's what I mean. And as far as the Chinese, I know the Chinese are buying up land like crazy. I thought it might have been corporations. I thought it might be individuals. I mean, is it literally... You know, the, the CCP that, that's buying up our farmland and buying uh, land near our military installations and other things? Oh, absolutely. I mean, as you know, the, the, the Chinese government basically controls everything in China. There is no real private business in China. It's all owned by the CCP. In the case of the Roosevelt Hotel, it's owned by Pakistani Airlines, which is a full-owned subsidiary of the government of Pakistan. Wow. And again, this is a hostile nation. This isn't a nation that is an American ally. This isn't England, right? This is a hostile country that provides provided shelter to our number one enemy, the person who took down our World Trade Center. The fact that we even allowed them to buy a massive piece of property in the center of New York City is the ultimate irony of how broken our system really is. We don't have people, Bob, in D.C. that are looking out for America. They're looking out for themselves. They're thinking about their next election, and they're not thinking about, hey, what are the things that we have to do to protect America, protect Americans, and help Americans? You know, when President Trump said we have to put America first, this is what this means. This is what's lost on our elected officials today. I completely agree, and it is uh, it is incredible to me that no one is doing anything about it that is currently in Congress. I mean, and I don't know what they can do. Maybe that's the answer to the question here. But you hear Eric Adams screaming, we don't have the funds for this. And I think you're right. Certainly he's going to get, uh, the city of New York is going to get reimbursed for, for all of this. But you hear, you know, Karen Bass out in L.A. screaming that she's going to sue the state of Texas and sue Greg Abbott for sending all of these people there. And, you know, they're all pointing their fingers at the individuals who are specifically directing these thousands and thousands and thousands and, quite frankly, over five million since Biden took office of illegal aliens. They're pointing fingers at, peop- uh, fingers at people like Abbott and DeSantis who are sending busloads of people. But, but why aren't they pointing their fingers at the White House? Why aren't they going in and saying, hey, Madam Vice President, who's supposed to be in charge of the border policy, hey, President Biden, you're killing us in these cities. You are specifically uh, responsible for all of this. Why aren't they going where the, where, you know, to the source of the problem, Bernie? Well, they're all in on it. I'll give you another one that's the ultimate irony. So in Massachusetts, as you may remember, they shipped uh, some, I think, 70 or 80 migrants, a very small number, to Martha's Vineyard. Now, Martha's Vineyard, by the way, I'd say... 80 to 90 percent of the homes are very rarely occupied year-round. So most of these giant homes, like Obama's, sits empty most of the year. They immediately remove those people from Martha's Vineyard, I mean, within 24 to 48 hours. And now the governor of Massachusetts is asking Massachusetts citizens, of course, not the wealthy, not the well-connected from Martha's Vineyard, but ordinary American citizens, that they should open up their homes to house these illegal migrants because the state can't handle it anymore. So, Bob, you say you won't comply with mask mandates and vaccine mandates, and I'm right there with you. Are you willing to house a family from some foreign country that broke into our country illegally at your home? Well, you know who should be willing to do that, Bernie? Anybody who believes that the border should remain open. 
Because, in other words, they don't recognize the barriers to their own private property. We are a sovereign nation. That means we're a private nation, and you have to ask permission to come into this private nation. And if they don't believe that that should be enforced, then they ought to have the same open-door policy at their homes. In other words, every leftist that doesn't call on Joe Biden to secure the border should be the ones that say, well, we don't recognize borders, of course. We don't even lock our door at night. If migrants want to come and move in there, they ought to be free to do so. That's the only people who actually actually should be housing uh, illegal aliens. They're those who allow them to be here in the first place. And those are the people in Martha's Vineyard, and you got the answer. Exactly right. They were gone within 24 hours. Uh, Bernie Moreno, great job of shining a light on this, Bernie. Nobody knew about this, or I, I, I didn't know about it, and I'm sure a lot of other people didn't, which is why it's been viewed over 1.8 million times. But thank you for sharing that. Thank you for your commitment to liberty and uh, the face of the new COVID tyranny as well, Bernie Moreno, uh, candidate for Senate. Hey, Bernie, how does anybody support you for Senate? They can go on my website, BernieMoreno, M-O-R-E-N-O.com. You know, I've not been on a uh, ballot before, not a career politician, so need all the help I can get. You know, $5, $10, whatever it means, uh, is very meaningful uh, to my campaign. So thank you, Bob. You got it. Thank you, Bernie Marino. It's uh, 1027. We'll be back. Enlightening the sleeping masses and stoking the fire of the American dream. Always Right Radio with Bob France on The Answer. All right, so it's 1034. Good morning. Appreciate you being with us. Thanks to uh, Bernie Moreno. We're going to talk to uh, Jack Windsor coming up here at the top of the hour at about 1110, so you're going to want to be here for that. Yesterday we did our second uh, episode of our new reboot of our podcast, which is uh, Run It Back with Bob and Jack. We had Bernie on uh, a little bit. We uh, talked about a number of things uh, that Bernie and I just covered, but Jack and I have a few new things to discuss this morning, so that will be coming up, coming up at 1110. We're guest-free for this half hour, so if you want to get in, this is a good time to dial 216 and triple eight two eight one eleven ten. So I have a I have an, an email here that I want to share with you that was sent to all members of Citizens for Free Speech, which is the organization that I work with as the Ohio Network Director. Um, we've been on the down low for the better part of the last I don't know six months, and that's because the founder um, of Citizens for Free Speech and the executive director. Patrick Wood has had some health ailments. I will not violate his privacy by speaking specifically to them, but he's been he's been that's why we haven't done that podcast. I I usually host that podcast as well with Patrick um our Citizens for Free Speech podcast. And um we've been like I said we've been down for for many months now as Patrick dealt with some issues that quite frankly we weren't sure if uh, he was going to get past. They had nothing to do with COVID, uh, I can tell you that. Um, but uh, Patrick is 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 rising again like the phoenix, and uh, he has sent out his first message to uh, Citizens for Free Speech members in some time, and I want to read it to you um, because it is right on topic with what we've been discussing this morning, as you can imagine. Dear Bob and dear every member of Citizens for Free Speech, if tyranny were a virus, then free speech is the inoculation. Why? 
because it uh, tyrants fear the First Amendment. Why? Because it lets you expose their wickedness and evil deeds with freedom of speech, press, religion, to assemble, and to protest. These unalienable rights belong to everyone. Tyrants' only playbook is to bully you, uh, bully you out of those rights, to tell you that you don't have rights, to censor you, to ridicule you, to fact-check you with lies. Fortunately, tyrants will retreat when forced to do so, but the showdown is looming. This has nothing to do with wearing a face mask or your health or a virus, but rather control over you. And once again, their weapon of choice is those face masks. This egregious attack on free speech is using different tactics this time around. The Department of Education is using backdoor influence. For example, at Rutgers University, Georgetown University, Morris Brown College, to enforce mask mandates in schools. Department of Health and Human Services have whispered to Kaiser Permanente, United Health Services, uh, Upstate Medical University in Syracuse, for example, to bring back mask mandates at their facilities. In general, watch the federal administration hide in the shadows as they pass the baton to the cities like New York, where citizens were told just this past weekend to mask up and socially distance. Meanwhile, the media churns out propaganda designed to mislead and instill fear, ignoring peer-reviewed scientific studies to the contrary. And I'll pause there to hit that so hard again. Ignoring peer-reviewed scientific studies that show these masks do nothing to stop the spread of a respiratory virus, which means, well, which begs the question, if they don't stop the spread, why are they so hell-bent on forcing them onto people's faces? And the answer is, as Patrick said a moment ago in this, in this piece, control. It is about control. What else can we make them do? And, you know, it's a, it's an old cliche about power corrupting uh, absolute power corrupting absolutely and it's it's reality though it is it's true and and many people seek power solely for the purpose of power to making other people bend at the knee and subject themselves to whatever you know whims that the people in power have to subjugate to 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 surrender one's own personal liberty that, that is given and granted by God and codified by man, this is what they do. It is not about protecting you from any viral particles and potential spread. It is about controlling your behavior, controlling your movement, controlling your decisions. Going back to what Patrick wrote. Um, meanwhile, the me- oh, I said that part. Um, CFFS is a member-supported organization, and we have already heard from many of you. To the extent that you uh, feel uh, fill our war chest, we will give you the tools to fight back. Training, brochures, literature, street uh, street protest signage, wearables, and a whole lot more. Uh, we're selling a minimum donation goal or setting a minimum donation goal of $100,000 to kickstart this campaign this year. Whether you can donate $5,000 or $5, it doesn't matter. Don't stand on the sidelines waiting for someone else to do it. Please donate now. And and I'm just reading that part because I, of course, second it. Uh, CFFS is a 501c3. It is a nonprofit, and it is dedicated to fighting the control that they are trying to exert over us. And the mask mandates is a big, big part of that. 
All right. Uh, I welcome your thoughts. 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. Joe has been waiting in Westlake. Joe, thank you for your patience. You're on the air. Go ahead. Hi, Bob. For this round of tyranny, just like the last one, I'm organizing boycotts and protests, and and we're going to win. Now, why are they doing this? You know, let's be blunt here. It's it's about dictatorship. They're simply setting up a dictatorship. It's really just that simple. We know for a fact that shots cause death and infertility. They were clearly designed to do that. They have genetic engineered sequences to do that. Antibodies against sperm, antibodies against the placenta, disrupting women's hormone cycle, causing immunoreduction through VADES. That's what it's about, and Dr. Naomi Wolf had a fantastic article on LouRockwell.com about another aspect of the shots, which is reduction of emotional energy and the increasing of compliance at a biological level. They do that through disrupting the hormone cycles in the human body. That's very interesting, uh, and I will definitely look into that article by uh, by Dr. Wolf. Um, <clears throat> to the point uh, that you're making, um, it, it, you're, you're exactly right. It is, it is you know, an attempt at a di- to create a dictatorship. Uh, rather than perhaps one dictator, I, I think what we can see here is probably an attempt to to put together some sort of politburo that is uh, that is going to be you know made up of the elites and the educated and and all of those who want to subject the rest of us to their to their whims so maybe maybe dictatorship in the not dictatorship in its purest form but still with the same impact on all of us and what you just said is very very important the psychological health of people is impacted the motivational health of people is impacted by these, uh, you know, forced compliance with masks and forced compliance with distancing and forced compliance with everything. When you lose your sense, of, and I'm being very, very um, <clears throat> general in my statement here, and I'm not a psychiatrist or psychologist, but to me it's pretty obvious, when you lose your sense of independence and your sense of self, it saps the energy right out of you. And I think that's probably what you're describing that Dr. Wolf wrote about. I have not seen it. But that is real, and I think we see it all over our, our society today. People still haven't recovered from the first um, you know, two years, if you will, of tyrannical rule over our own personal identities and our own personal uh, liberties. And, and, and it's made people not want to go back to school. It's made them not want to go to go back to work. They got used to just to collecting money uh, from in stimulus checks and unemployment and so forth from the government. And it has really sapped in almost, I don't want to say a generation, because I think it does cross over various ages, but it has sapped this, this population, a large portion of this population of its, of its, um, you know, energy and motivation to live their lives the way they once did. I think it's that serious from a psychological standpoint, Joe. What do you think? What do you think? Absolutely. It, it was clearly an integrated, sustained campaign at both the biological hormonal level and the psychological level. They, they have a massive, narrative control framework is as dr maloney discussed they're forcing people not to work and they're disrupting their hormone cycles this is the modern dictatorship we feared they don't think like us this is a new generation of people these these crazy sci-fi dictators they think climate change is destroying the world or something they they want a transhumanist scenario for our future. They don't want individuals thinking for themselves. To them, it's a good thing 
to have a proletariat that has no motivation. Yes. Yes, that's exactly right. Because a, a, a proletariat that is that is not motivated is not desirous of something more than whatever lot in life has been has been you know provided for them or or allowed to them um, is is one that's easier to control. They're not going to be constantly rising up and challenging power. They're going to accept their lot because that's the way it has been. Now, those of us who remember what freedom is like are going to push and fight back. They're going to wait for us to die off. And then the younger generations that are still around who are going to have, you know, who have gotten accustomed to being controlled, who have gotten used to and, and understand that this is just the way things are done to have your, your rights stripped away from you and to have your liberty and your motivation and all of these things taken away, they will be much easier easier to control because they will not have remembered anything uh you know uh the way it used to be and people perhaps our age and and a little bit older are the ones are the ones that they're just going to count on dying off so that uh you know the the future generations will be much much more easy to control that's right and that's the real reason they want to give it to six months old because let's not forget this is a genetic shot yep it produces those chemicals internally the rest of the person's life you're exactly right. Hello? It does. That Dr. Dr. Malone has brought that up too. That these spike proteins that they have, this 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 literally impacts it'll impact it'll impact young girls and women. He talked about this too, about their menstrual cycles. And and young young women are seeing their menstrual cycles going all over the place, going haywire. There is no regularity to them whatsoever. And the idea that this will not lead to infertility and sterility is it's it, you know, it's impossible not to understand that that is what's coming. So yeah, there are such ma- massive lifetime changes that are coming for everybody that is being uh, uh, impacted by this and everybody that is being dictated to in such a way uh, that there, there can be no other view unless there's just an element to this I can't quite understand but there can be no other view than this is an attempt to um, to reign total control over what was once a free people. That's and right. by they, the way, they, not, just, not just free people here either because as you know, Joe, and you and I have talked about this too, the globalist nature of this. It's not just like this is being done by the United States government. This is being done at a much, much higher level with the World Health Organization, uh, with the, uh, 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 International Monetary Fund. There are so many global forces that are behind this that are again, you know, interested in the enslavement of all peoples, not just the American people. I, that's correct. I, I believe that the U.S. intelligence agencies are in the lead. They have the most power. But the thinking about this for the global elites at every institution, the EU, the WHO, the IMF, etc., the billionaire class, it's all the same. It's no longer about individual liberty in the free market. It's about we know what's best because we're somehow scientists or something, and we're going to tell you what's going to happen in your life because we decide and we plan the whole course of the future world. We don't. They don't believe in representative government. That's right out the window. They make no bones about it. They've been talking about it for years. That if we well, don't get these Bible thumpers under control, uh, the the planet will melt. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, I'm glad you said what you just said, and and thank you for the call, Joe. In the next segment, I'm going to pull this back up again because when I just mentioned the WHO and the Glo- O and the globalists. And you just said, well, I think the United States has a, a bigger role in that than, the, than, you know, or is the leader of the globalist movement, if you will. It reminded me of my interview with Dr. Malone last Friday because I asked him that question. 
I asked him why it is that the United States is so subservient, and I'm paraphrasing the question, to the WHO. And he essentially said it may not be in that order. It may be, and in fact, it very much likely is, it's the WHO that's following the lead of the United States. Very much what you just said. I'll pull that clip. I promise you I will uh, before uh, when we come back into the next segment because uh, I remember that very vividly, and I remember being, wow, almost jaw-dropped over that. Uh, BJ is in North Olmstead next. Hi, BJ. Go right ahead. Yes, Bob. The three things that are under attack are your health, your religious belief, and the money system that's controlling America. And until we really recognize who's doing that and why they're doing it and being more specific and fight back as viciously as you can to save your Constitution, it's over for America. Your health, your religious belief, and those who control this, uh, this uh, trying to take down the Constitution of the United States. It's in the hands of you young people, Bob, and I... God bless all you young people, and I wish you well in your fight to save this country. Thank you for your time and listening. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you, BJ. I appreciate that very much. And you're right, it is. It is. The people who, you know, and again, I don't want to, sometimes I say things that they sound like they're just drama for the sake of drama. But I'm telling you legitimately, and I say this to audiences um, uh, to which I speak, I, I don't want to go to my grave um, leaving a worse world for my children and grandchildren uh, to take over um, that you know than it was when I was here. I, I will not rest easy in my final resting place unless I've done my level best to try to ensure that liberty is restored or is retained and that freedom uh, is celebrated and that opportunities exist and that fairness exists and all of the things that we have been blessed with and gifted in this country. I, I will... I will do everything I can to make sure that my kids and my grandkids and my kid, great-grandkids after that have opportunities that we didn't have. And, in fact, uh, you know, uh, or at least the opportunities we had, had, if not better, I will not be able to rest if, uh, if we turn this over upon our passing and our moving on. Um, if we if we turn this over to them in a state of tyranny, in a state of dictatorship, in a state of authoritarianism, if we do that to our kids, it will be on us eternally. And again, I hate how that sounds, but it's reality. Uh, let's get Vince and Westlake up. Vince, you're on the air. Go ahead, sir. Good morning. Thanks, Bob, for taking my call. I, I, I can't help but agree and echo uh, 100% with you, with BJ just before, with uh, Bernie Moreno. Um, it comes down to several things. Uh, this is all about control, number one. But two, the thing that scares me, and a lot of people aren't thinking about it, but it's, it's a reality is just what you said. Our kids, they're growing up in a society where they're thinking, well, you know, this is just the way it is, so we got to deal with it. And until they fall under the, the, the crushing weight of complete tyranny, like other countries around the world that hopefully they're studying in school, God knows what they are now, um, they, they, they need to wake up and it's up to us to teach them. And, and it's up to us to, I'm afraid we, we might be at that point where we've got to go back to the early patriots or the Revolutionary War and, and stand up and, and take our freedom back because they are getting away with it simply because, as one of my siblings said when this happened the last time, how are they getting away with this? And he just simply said, because we let them. <laughs> it's as simple That's as right. that. We, we let them, and we didn't do anything about it. We didn't stand up and take it back. And God help us. 
if we don't do it now. Bob, uh, thank you so much. I, I said it before, but I, I thank God that there's people like you that can uh, put our voices out there and lead the charge, and I urge everybody to get the citizens for free speech and, and get contributing to this so that we can start figuring out a plan to, to stop this in its tracks before it gets started. Thanks so much. For yeah, thank you, Vince. I appreciate those kind words, and uh, and I echo your support for uh, for Citizens for Free Speech. If you would like to help donate, citizensforfreespeech.org, citizensforfreespeech.org. We are trying to lead the fight, honestly, uh, to restore or to retain our liberties. We'll be back. This hour of Always Right Radio is brought to you by The Floor King and KeepingMedicareSimple.com. You and I know and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Bridge have thrown down their guns and refused to fire the shot heard round the world? The martyrs of history were not fools. And our honored dead, who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis, didn't die in vain. Where then is the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which they must not advance. is Always Right Radio with Bob France on AM 1420, The Answer. All righty then, our third and final hour now underway on this Wednesday. It's the sixth morning of the ninth month in the year of our Lord, 2023. Had a great conversation in the first hour, or excuse me, at the top of the second hour with Bernie Marino. If you missed any of that, you want to go back and check it out. It'll be available about an hour after this show ends at whkradio.com. Last half hour, we were taking calls, and people were, were talking about, um, you know, the, the, the extraordinary um, depths to which we have fallen in terms of our liberty and what they're taking from us. And we were talking about the masking, and, and, I asked, and I mentioned the WHO. And a previous caller said the U.S. is probably driving the WHO policy rather than vice versa. And, boy, maybe he heard the interview that I did with Dr. Robert Malone uh, on Friday. Maybe he didn't, but that is exactly what Dr. Malone said. I want to play this clip for you before I bring in Jack uh, this morning because it'll follow up on what we just talked about. Let's see if we can make this happen. How much influence does the World Health Organization have on American policy vis-a-vis COVID? Uh, I think that the better way to think about this is how much influence does American uh, infrastructure and the intelligence community have on the World Health Organization? Hmm. Uh, the other major factor driving WHO is the fact that WHO is very dependent on donations. One of their larger donors is the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. And uh, hidden is that um, they receive considerable donations, uh, quote-unquote, often associated with a quid pro quo arrangement of both full-time employees and money from pharmaceutical companies. So the WHO uh, is not the independent arbiter of truth and, and integrity in medicine, but rather is a captured agency, much like FDA and CDC have demonstrated. Uh, and um, uh, I would say more like there's been a close coordination and cooperation 
between American HHS and the intelligence community with the World Health Organization. There it is. Uh, that spoke volumes to me on Friday when he said it, and it just came back to me when the previous caller brought that up, too. He just said the WHO is a captured agency, a captured agency at the very least that is working in close coordination and contact and collusion, if you will, uh, with you know um, uh, the United States agencies. That's a huge, huge statement as we uh, move our way toward this uh, this new round of COVID tyranny, which is clearly on the horizon. All right, let's bring in Jack Windsor now, as promised. Jack Windsor is our regular Wednesday commentator. He is the founder and editor of the Ohio Press Network. He's also been a uh, radio correspondent for us, uh, covering all things at the Ohio State House in Columbus. He is now doing his own radio show in Columbus, as well as our podcast, which is back. We call it Run It Back with Bob and Jack. And Jack Windsor and friends are... <laughs> Are with us here in our studios today, Jack. Good to have you back, my friend. How are you? Hey, Bob. I'm super fantastic. Always great to be here with you and our listeners. Thanks for having me today. Yeah. So, uh, run it back. Uh, we debuted with that new title last night. It's episode two of our kind of restart or relaunch of the podcast, but we did it with a new brand now. It's called Run It Back with Bob and Jack. And you could not resist playing Bruce Springsteen's Glory Days and telling us about your famous run back. You want to tell everybody now? <laughs> You know, it just popped into the my frontal lobe when, when we were talking last night about the applicability of the name. I mean, Run It Back obviously applies as we provide commentary on current events, you know, politics and what's going on in the world. But it also has, you know, some insinuation with reference to sports. So I said, hey, I only have one record at my former high school, and that is for uh, the longest punt return in school history. And, uh, yeah, I guess I was beating my chest a little bit and uh, <laughs> pretending like I was some stud athlete at some point because I really wasn't. I really got lucky. Oh, don't do that. Don't do that. Enjoy your moment, man. You know, it's a, it's a great time. It's a moment in the sun. That's why, You know, that's why I push – I shouldn't say push. That's why I have always loved and I participated in and I coached high school sports because particularly high school football, there are life lessons that are learned in high school football. Quite frankly, you cannot learn anywhere else. And yes, there are lifetime memories. And I bet you can remember every block in front of you, every move you made, uh, where you had to burst to turn it on and find the lane to get to that, uh, to get to the end. How long was it, by the way, Jack? Uh, well, I thought it was 92 yards, but I think it's down in the record books at 91. And by the way, for people who are astute punt returners, um, you probably recognize I made a mistake because, you know, your heels are supposed to be on the 10, and if the ball's over your head, you let it go and let it roll into the end zone for a touchback. Well, I actually tried to catch the ball at about the 20, and I fumbled it backwards. <laughs> and uh, and then I picked it up and scooted down the sideline. I, what I will never forget is that I could literally hear myself breathing, running down the sidelines, and I couldn't hear anything else until I got into the end zone, and then when I turned and looked at the crowd, I could finally hear them in my ears. It was really surreal, uh, but I'll remember that moment forever. Sure. Of course you will, and that's why I talk about it, and, and I love it. So yeah, so run it back with Bob and Jack. We did, you know, we're both football players, we're former football players, huge football fans, a big part of our life. So run it back is something that literally, in Jack's case, it's also a term. Anybody who's ever been in a film session and they're you know replaying a game and playing, uh, you know, and the coaches are are uh, are are coaching up each individual position as they look at each, you know, this is what they call the eye in the sky, and it's kind of run it back run it back, run it back, and they replay the same play 15 times to make sure every single, uh, you know, uh, assignment is noted and either achieved or missed or whatever the case might be. And then, of course, as he just said, we run it back. Everything that's in the news cycle, we will run back each and every week at Tuesday at 7 p.m. on uh, on our on our podcast. So, 
All right, now that we've had the fun, Jack Windsor, um, I've been talking about the mask mandates that are returning, Mm -hmm. and I've been talking about the forced jabs, and we talked about this a little bit last night, too, uh, that that are coming as well. And uh, we mentioned very much in passing last night something that's going on in the Senate with J.D. Vance, and you've got a great article on it in the Ohio Press Network right now. I'll let you take it. Yeah, so... um pretty important piece of legislation was introduced late yesterday by uh, Senator J.D. Vance. And uh, he said, we, we tried mask mandates once in this country. They failed to control the spread of respiratory viruses, violated basic bodily freedom, and set our fellow citizens against one another. Uh, this legislation will ensure that no federal bureaucracy, no commercial airline, and no public school can impose the misguided policies of the past. Democrats say they're not going to bring back mask mandates. Well, we're going to hold them to their word. And so uh, he introduced the Freedom to Breathe Act. And then I just received an email from his press team indicating that he will force floor consideration of the bill tomorrow. And uh, the way that he's going to do that is uh, any as he tries to get it onto the floor, any floor objection to Senator Vance's unanimous consent request would amount to a clear admission that Democrats intend to reimpose mask mandates in the near term. So uh, keep a watchful eye on the session tomorrow, because if Vance attempts to introduce this and then a Democrat objects, I mean, there's your case in point. You can say that you're not going to do something, but it appears that their actions would prove otherwise. So big day tomorrow for that bill. No question about it. Here's the senator himself. Just a week ago, Donald Trump issued a video, a very sensible video, saying no more mandates. We're not going back to the COVID tyranny of a couple of years ago. Democrats howled in protest and said nobody's trying to bring back mask mandates. And yet this week we see, see multiple instances confirming Trump's thesis that you have multiple entities within our government, within the public health bureaucracy. There are local public schools in the D.C. area now reimposing mask mandates. This is coming back unless we stop it from happening. That's why I introduced this legislation, and I'm going to force the Democrats to vote on it. If they say the mask mandates are not coming back, then come to the Senate floor, vote with us, and say no more mask mandates. Let's make it bipartisan. And, you know, I love every word of that, and uh, you explained it very well, too, Jack. But as we both know, and I mentioned this earlier, you know, there's only so much you can do from the federal level. Um, just because if, if this legislation were to pass, uh, and I don't think it will, but if it does, it all it does is say that the federal government cannot impose mask mandates. That does not stop Vanderhoff from doing it at the Ohio level or any, uh, you know, county board of health or any school district or any employer from saying we are requiring masks, we are mandating them and putting us back in the same position we were in for two and a half years. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, what it would do is it would it would stop airlines, transit authorities, and educational institutions from refusing to serve anyone not wearing a mask. And so let, let me just take us back to something that happened uh, over the past couple of years when local school districts hid behind hold, the skirt of the federal government. Hold on, hold on, Jack. Hold on, yeah. hold on. Because you just said something that I did not know was the, was the case. Um, the individual airlines cannot say that, you know, this is something we are doing. It's free and independent of the federal government. We are saying if you're going to fly on United, I'm just pick, pick one. Um, you have to wear a mask. They can't mandate passengers on their own planes without the the government being involved. I didn't understand that. Yeah. So it would stop them from refusing to serve anyone that wasn't wearing a mask. You know, they're um, controlled by the Federal Aviation Administration. 
And so um, the language of this bill, according to what I'm reading, would make it illegal for them to do that. And more importantly, to your to your point about Ohio students, right? If you remember over the past couple of years, local districts were hiding behind the skirt of the federal government saying, well, technically buses are considered federal transportation. And so on those buses, we can mandate that kids wear masks. Well, not anymore if this bill passes. Now, what goes on in those individual schools is a matter of, you know, individual control. And so I would encourage parents to be very astute, very aware, and very active with their school boards and superintendents and administrators and helping them understand that, one, masks don't work, and two, there are about six different negative health impacts that can occur in kids who wear masks for an extended period of time. Yeah, we were discussing some of those before, too. And I'm so glad to get that clarification from you. Now I do see it in the article uh, that you published on uh, uh, the Ohio Press Network website, um, that it does stop mandates for domestic air travel, public transit systems, or primary or secondary schools. I literally had that wrong. I was thinking those individual entities could do it free of the federal government. I did not realize that the federal government could tell them they cannot do this. Um, you know, who knows whether there would be a court challenge to those things or not, but that is much more far-reaching then than I originally expected. I thought it was a federal mandate, or excuse me, a ban on the federal government mandating anything, but that would have course leave state governments and county governments and local jurisdictions to make up their own minds but apparently not yeah so um there is there's a little bit of encouragement there will will this yeah. bill i mean if the bill gets out of the senate it's it's going to pass the house now would would joe biden sign it into law probably not and so then it would need uh, you know a super majority to over to overthrow the veto um but i think what it's going to do is it's going to force the conversation and that's super important. I mean, look, we've talked with industrial hygienists for years, and they've all said even those N95 masks, the way that they test them is they staple them to a board. And even in those instances, they're about 30% effective. So you're, you're not stapling a mask to your face. It's not effective. It doesn't work. And we really need to come off this nonsense. And if we're going to, particularly what's ironic, Bob, if we're going to let educational institutions do something they ought to be educated about that which they're doing, particularly to our kids. Great, great, great point and great analysis, and thank you for the clarification. I misunderstood the depth of that uh, potential uh, piece of legislation. Now, sadly, I don't think it's going to pass because, you know, the mm-hmm. Democrats, and what, what J.D. said in that clip and what you described that his, his media team told you, um, you know, we're going to force the Democrats to say, you know, uh, that, yeah, there is a chance of bringing back masking, but they'll do that the same way that uh, Dr. Fauci did. He will continue to claim, and they will continue to claim, that, you know, the studies were inconclusive, that some studies showed that uh, in close contact, um, masks do prevent or reduce the prospect of, of, of sharing or spreading the infection. So they'll say, yeah, we're not going to to say blanket no way no masks if the uh, science is unsettled on this which you know in their minds it is so I, I that's why we'll never get we'll never get enough to to pass it i think the first in the first place much less two-thirds when biden rejects it yeah it really is sad i mean dr anthony fauci is probably the biggest fraud i've ever seen in my lifetime and the fact that he uh has kind of gone away quietly in the sunset um, but is now, you know, continuing to blabber his gums a little bit is, is a little bit disconcerting. I mean, the worst part that the government could do to him is probably um, take away his retirement if he continues to just do things that are against best practices. I mean, here's a guy who has no understanding of what it what's required to remove toxins from the air. That's what industrial hygienists do. 
but he's a talking head on TV pretending as if he knows, but all the data points prove otherwise. So, and Bob, it goes to what you, you said earlier when you were talking about uh, Dr. Malone. You know, you are dealing with the medical industrial complex. That's yes. the reality. It, it is the conglomerates. It is the uh, pharmaceuticals. It's the healthcare networks and, and the products and services that they provide. And they're all in collusion on this. And by the way, the, the quote, researchers who are supposed to be doing the studies and providing guidance, they're in the back pocket of the, the medical industrial complex. So um, it, it really is uh, disgusting and discouraging. I do hope, though, and maybe beyond hope, but at the end of that article that we've been talking about, it indicates that only 17% of Ohioans are up to date on the most recent jab, which tells me that 83% of Ohioans are going, ah, no thanks. And I think that masking is probably about in the same ballpark. Yeah, I think that's very that's uh, probably uh, right as well. Jack Windsor is our guest, the uh, editor-in-chief of the Ohio Press Network, the founder of that news organization as well. Jack, one more story. Um, mm-hmm. You and I talked about this last night. You were much more well-versed on the, uh, the uh, bus accident <clears throat> uh, that took the life of a, a child uh, and injured 26 others down in, what was it, Clark County, I think? Uh, it was Clark County, that's correct. Clark County, yeah, 26 children injured. injured. I knew about the bus accident. Uh, my first thought was, boy, oh, boy, it's time to talk about bus, bus safety again and seat belts and these kinds of things. But this story is about much, much more than that because of uh, what caused the accident. Go ahead. Yeah, so um, there was a, a gentleman that uh, came to the United States. He was actually arrested by Border Patrol in 2022, but uh, it does not appear that he was deported. He was allowed to be in the country. And by the way, when Joe Biden talks about being at the border and investing in the border, he's not turning people away. He's helping accommodate the assimilation of, of illegal immigrants into the American fabric. And so what happened in Clark County is that you had an illegal immigrant who forced a a bus off the road uh, because of his erratic and irresponsible driving, injuring 26 kids uh, on the first day they were at school or being transported to school and killing one of those students. And so, you know, the question that we really need to be asking, we talked to Bernie Marino last night about what's going on in New York City and how taxpayers are funding uh, to the tune of $75 million accommodations for the legals staying there. Um, we talked about this bus accident. And so the question is, what is Mike DeWine's official policy on allowing Im- immigrants to come to Ohio? Now, I sent Dan Tyranny, his spokesman, an email message yesterday. But as you can imagine, uh, that that has been, uh, you know, silent. The, the response to that has been silent. I don't know that I will get a response. But I think that's the question that we need to begin asking ourselves. What are we doing to marshal resources to make sure that people who are here illegally are not in Ohio or don't stay in Ohio? You know, um, um, the, the, the border state problem that has you know, spread to, uh, you know, I think a lot of people have said, Jack, you and I have talked about it to some extent, too, that every state is a border state now. Mm-hmm. And, and and it's never been more true. Now, Bernie was talking about New York, and we talked last night about L.A. and Chicago and Philadelphia, the biggest, quote-unquote, sanctuary cities, all taking, you know, thousands of migrants against their will because you know, they're shipping them up from Texas and, and Arizona and other places or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, giving them giving them free transportation. I don't want to make it sound the way they, they do shipping them, but giving them free transportation to getting all of these goods and services in other states. Um, 
Do you hear any leadership from Mike DeWine at all? Do you hear any leadership from anybody in Columbus um, stepping up and saying, we too are being impacted by this, we are a border state as much as anybody else because of this, and we're going down to talk to Joe Biden, we're going down to talk to Kamala Harris, we're going down to talk to to D.C., to talk to whomever we can in the federal government to do something about this, because their federal decisions are affecting all of our state uh, residents. Yeah, so let me make a couple of points here, and we can triangulate those points to maybe solve the the, the riddle or, or answer the question. Mm-hmm. A couple of years back, when we were hosting the GOP U.S. Senate forums around the state of Ohio, in western Ohio, I talked to a sheriff there, and he said to me, look, we have people coming here uh, on buses, uh, and they're just being left. They have money. They've been given money, and they are just here. So that was going on a couple of years ago. Has that changed? I have not heard conclusively that it has. I do know that a couple of decades ago, Mike DeWine took heat when he was in the U.S. Senate uh, for essentially supporting undocumented uh, alien or, or illegal immigrants uh, getting driver's licenses. So that was an issue. I, I know that he's been on the record saying, look, we want to welcome people to Ohio from these war-torn countries when they're seeking asylum. But when you look at the list, the top 50 list of people and where they're coming from, um, number two is Mexico and number three is China. Ukraine's 12, Russia's 13. So it's, it's not that we're taking in a lot of these folks as much as we're taking in folks from China and Mexico. Very important points all the way around. That's why we have you on, Jack. It's why you do such great work at the Ohio Press Network. I'll remind everybody, subscribe to theohiopressnetwork.com, theohiopressnetwork.com. Jack Windsor, terrific job as always, my friend. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Bob. Thank you, Jack. That's Jack Windsor. It's 1127. I've got a timeout. Bottom of the hour break. i got one more segment. If you want to get in on anything Jack and I just discussed or anything we have talked about today, 216-901-0945, right here. Keeping you informed among the uninformed. Always right radio with Bob France on The Answer. Indeed, 1136 now. Final segment underway. Always right radio. Uh, phone lines are open at 216-901-0945. I do have some more information I want to share with you, but Joanne has been waiting patiently on hold, so let's go ahead and bring her up. Joanne, good morning. Go ahead. Good morning, Bob. You know, I don't understand. You know, like these kids in Maryland, three kids get COVID. First of all, who's testing them? Their parents? I mean, when I was a kid, I came home from school. I said, Mom, I don't feel good. I got a cold, whatever. She'd say, take a couple aspirin, go lay down. You'll be fine by morning. Done. You know, I mean, do these people, I mean, are they so anxious that their kid have COVID? Is it the schools? I I don't understand. I mean, I'm worried about the churches and what they're going to do to us. It's the government-controlled schools. It's the government-controlled media. Yes, these parents just nod along. These are the same parents that are jamming this um, swab up their kid's nose whenever they say they have a cold to see if they have COVID, and then they're going to be the ones jamming the dart in the arm because idiots like Dr. Gupta go on MSNBC and say everybody six months of age and older should have the um, uh, you know the new booster shot. They these are people who nod along like robots or sheep or whatever it is you want to call them who don't know how to think for themselves well i mean i'm not i mean i'm kind of in the tj category not the bravery part i mean he's wonderful that way but you know haven't been to a doctor in a long time i smoke too much i drink too much 
But you know what? If it's going to get me, it's going to get me, Bob. And what the heck am I going to do? I'm going to worry about it for the rest of my life and be afraid to walk out in public and stand next to somebody? Yeah. I no, I, 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 I agree with you. And, uh, and, and these parents are a big part of the problem, Joanne. And thank you for the yeah. phone call. Mm-hmm. It's kind of funny, by the way, um, I, I, that she said that because in the lat, well, and two commercial breaks ago, I went on to my Facebook page and my Twitter page and my, uh, Truth Social page and I, I posted a message that says very simply, if your kid gets a cold and you jam a swab up their nose, you are part of the problem. Stop reporting any potential illness that your kid has that makes some medical professional want to swab them for COVID. I mean, honestly, particularly for children who are the least vulnerable to any serious um, repercussions or symptoms of getting COVID, it makes no sense whatsoever to make sure that you want to know so you can say, my kid has COVID. I swear there's some clout to it. Uh, and, and, and there's some virtual signa- virtue, virtue signaling to it where people want to say, be able to say, you know, I, I, my, my son had a, had a cold or my daughter had a cold. We took him and did the responsible thing. We found out, yes, they've got COVID, and now we're going to protect other kids by making sure that our kid isn't there and we're going to contact trace. Johnny, who were you with yesterday? Johnny, who did you come in close contact with the day before? We're going to tell their parents, too. And they get caught up in this hysteria because that's what the goal and the agenda is. Make people hysterical, make them freak out, and make them do things that are only going to lead to the to the revocation of their own rights. That's what this does. People's over-the-top reactions and their desire to find out, oh, my gosh, what do you mean your nose is running? Oh, did I just hear you cough? Yeah, Mom, but it's because I swallowed something wrong. No! You coughed. You're sick. We're going to, take, we're going to the drugstore. We're getting a swab. Or we're going to the going to the clinic, going to urgent care. Oh, you've got COVID, and then away it goes. And this just repeats itself again and again and again and again and again. And, and then they put them. They're going to line them up to get their shots, just like they were told. Just like Doctor Gupta and Doctor Fauci and Doctor Biden are all telling everybody, you better be ready. You better get that shot because uh, you're going to have to. Everybody is in real need quick, of the- if you will. Who needs to get a booster and when? So all of us need boosters. Um, So at six months of age and up, uh, we're going to have boosters by the end of this month, hopefully. And those will protect, we believe, very strongly against these new versions of the virus. Do you understand that? Do you understand that? We will have them available, hopefully, by the end of the month. That means they're not even ready yet. They're not even completed and being mass-produced yet. So if they're not even ready yet, and he said, we believe... He can't state for a fact that this will do anything to stop the infection. Up, uh, we're going to have boosters by the end of this month, hopefully, and those will protect. We believe very strongly against these new versions. Of- those will protect. Protect. We believe against this new version or variant of the virus. They can't even say for sure it will work because it won't. Just like the first one didn't, and the second one didn't, and the third, uh, the first booster, and the next booster, and the next booster. They they have absolutely no ability whatsoever to predict that it will work, and they have absolutely no um, concern or or um, interest in telling you that it might also harm you because they have no idea. They haven't tested it yet. It's not even done yet. What I'd like to know is is when the FDA granted this bullcrap 
emergency use authorization under Trump's warp speed, Operation Warp Speed trash, and that's what it was. That's what it turned out to be. And you can say, like I did at the time, give Donald Trump credit. He got this done in such a record time, blah, blah, blah. But it's still unsafe for people to take or to be mandated because it has not been tested for long-term side effects and, and, and effects on your health. Now that we have three years removed, essentially, or almost three years, we look back on it and say it was a terrible idea. And I'll continue to say that. But but what I want to know is when that emergency use authorization was granted by the FDA, did that mean for the first shots and any other RNA concoction that they come up with after? Why isn't this new one that they said is not ready yet, but hopefully it'll be ready by the end of September? Why isn't this one subject to also to approval or emergency use authorization from the FDA? Is it just, well, you're, you're big pharma. You're Pfizer. We trust that the new shots that you're putting together will be just as safe and effective as the first round and the second round and the third and fourth rounds were. We trust you. See, the emergency use authorization is granted for you going forward. If it has to do with COVID, you've got our blessing. I mean, does anybody feel that that's safe? They They literally have had to say that this new shot is specifically geared toward this new sub-variant. That means it's not the same thing that you took before. And it means, and that means there is no way of telling what the uh, side effects are going to be for you in the short term or in the long term. And they're saying, everybody do it six months and up. And people are just, ah! And they're just, they're just braying along, and yep, just like the, the government-controlled sheep that they are. And by the way, it remains a stone-cold fact that the very, very best protection you can have against any COVID variant or subvariant is to have had COVID before. I was just uh, uh, sent uh, a couple of articles I won't have time to get into today other than just to briefly tell you what they're about, of discovery. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.